This is Joshua Holt with the City and the Sound Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be talking to Birmingham singer and songwriter Love Moore. Love Moore is a singer and songwriter here in the Magic City, making some of the most compelling music today. On this episode, we're going to talk about her brand new album called Motions, as well as the release of her new video called T. So before we get started with today's podcast, what I want you to do is open your ears, expand your mind, and listen to this. How's it going today? It's all good. How's it with you? Pretty good. Uh, c- congratulations on your new album, um, the new video for the song T. I saw it today. It's awesome. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Um, so I guess I guess um, I-, I saw somewhere that you said your least favorite question uh, is oh, your, your, your genre of music and what's defined as. So I'm not going to ask that question, but I have, a, I have a different one to ask. So I know you okay. can describe your music as vibe music. So like, what is the kind of vibe you visualize when you when you want people to like to listen to your music? Ask me that again. What? So like, you say so I heard somewhere you describe your music as like vibe music. So like, what would you describe like if people were like listening to music? What's the kind of vibe you want them to kind of get from it? Mm. Um. I don't think that's anything that I've ever really considered as far as like what vibe I would want people to get. Cause I do understand that everything is based on perspective. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so like my thing is once I vibe to it, cause I'm a vibey ass person. I feel like, mm-hmm. okay, like this is good. Like everybody else gonna like it. Cause I like, it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd never really thought of it in the sense of how do I make, or how do I want other people to vibe to it? It's mm-hmm. just because I vibe to it and I'm a vibe. And not that's not me being extra, but like in most hosting situations, I bring people to a place where they be like, oh, okay, I'm finna have fun. You know, so like, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Like, I think I answered it. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, um, you, so your journey to like making music, like, when was like the first like it's time you started like you know who your influence was growing up as far as like music? Uh, like just from a really young age. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I used to. Be, okay, my dad was a DJ, so like an array of music was 
in front of me all the time. But mm-hmm. uh, I remember being really little and my parents used to be like, sing Whitney, sing Whitney. <laughs> so, uh, Whitney Houston. And then like my dad loved uh, Bob Marley. Mm-hmm. So like that was always the thing he was like, we would sit down and watch Bob Marley documentaries all the time. So Bob Marley was like really big in the house. Um, and then like after that, like just developing my own like liking for music, mm-hmm. I fell into like, you know, Kelly Price and Mary J. Blige. Um, and then as I got a little bit older, it's like Adele and Amy Winehouse. And I've always still constantly enjoyed like, island music because that's just the root of all my like Mm -hmm. music knowledge or just you know music influence or whatever was always around because um, of my parents so is there like a history of music in your family definitely yeah my Mm -hmm. mom sang and my dad has just always been like a music uh, like a music connoisseur like Mm -hmm. him DJing and stuff because we grew up in Miami so him DJing and stuff, it was never just like one genre. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like I grew up on like house, reggae, soca, a lot of calypso. Um, but then you know, you still have your rap music and stuff like that, which my mom was just like anti rap. <laughs> Period. She just felt like people were yelling at her. My mom was always acts like most things are just super abrasive, especially <laughs> if she understands the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, oh no. So uh <laughs> so rap lingered around too, but the heavier um listening was definitely island music until like I got a grasp of the kind of music that made me feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. When was the moment I guess you started to like go from like appreciating music to like making your own music and like writing your own songs to be honest with you me making my own music was like only became a thing because literally friends pulled teeth for me to be a creative (laughs) it just it never felt like being a creative coming up especially as an a descendant of island people mm-hmm. like they always like you have to have realistic goals my dad, <laughs> you gonna be a judge and, and my dad was like very uh on both like very two different sides of the spectrum because mm-hmm. he either wanted me to be a judge or a disc jockey as he would say that's he two different worlds <laughs> so two different, different spectrum judge, this <laughs> right he's like you know you could either be me or you could be a judge okay <laughs> be a judge. And so like just in that like aspect of things and my mom you know like always like trying to push a certain level mm-hmm. of security on me even though she's always been supportive of like me singing and stuff like that but my brain never was able to like take being a creative seriously mm-hmm. until my friends were like like you can do this like push yourself you know because I always wrote stuff down but never mm-hmm. thought like oh okay this is something that I would actually pursue pursue uh I don't know what dimmed my light a- along the way but that that that's that's how it actually happened my friends being like you know you right we can start by just going to like you know poetry or whatever and they did poetry too so I was like okay I'll try it but I was always just super nervous to do stuff Mm -hmm. that's another thing like I knew that my nerves were really bad um 
because I remember like people in school knew I could sing. Mm -hmm. So I remember I had a teacher that asked me to, um, she was like, you can get an extra credit A if you come up in front of the class and sing the Star Spangled like, Banner. You know what? Keep the, keep the A. <laughs> I got up there because I wanted the A and uh -huh. I just started crying. Mm. Cause I was so nervous. Mm -hmm. And then like, from that point I was just like, yeah, I know I can't sing in front of people. <laughs> you know, but uh -huh. like now I'm on it. Like <laughs> being an artist, like what was, what was like the moment, I guess when like, you know, cause when you start out your career and stuff, you can like play in front of people and it's kind of nerve wracking. But what was the moment, I guess, when you start to sing in front of people and crowds and stuff and like really like feed off that energy and like, you know, going forward, use it for shows and such. I want to say, um, I want to say after I really did my real, like real, real first open mic, mm -hmm. uh, just the amount of support that I received from just the audience, like it was, it was very eye opening to like, oh, like people really fuck with what I do. <laughs> so it was really cool. Cause, uh, but to be honest, the way I really started was literally in my living room. Mm -hmm. uh, me and my friends, like just being young, I was the first person with my own crib. So my place was the place like, like we would drink. So we started for one, just kind of drinking at the house. And then, then mm -hmm. these, us just chilling started to turn into like a larger kickbacks. And then, you know, one night I, well, when it was just me and my friends we would like freestyle and stuff like mm -hmm. that um ended up meeting somebody that made beats and he sent me a beat i wrote a song and then at the next kickback i was like can i sing this song for y'all and mind you i'm in the comfort of my own home mm -hmm. yeah. and the the reaction was like phenomenal so to end up singing it you know at a open mic and then still getting you know like that was great. And the song was actually counting sheep. Like I sang counting sheep for a very, very long time. Um, but yeah, I had one time I sang it at the house and it just turned into like uh, Eugene. Uh, I don't know. You know, Eugene, right. But the he, yeah, the rapper, he, he'll call them crewettes. Like when <laughs> like you start singing, but then the whole crew starts singing. <laughs> so so uh, one time I sang, counting sheep and it literally turned into like because it was a big old it was a really big house party mm -hmm. and it just turned into like this almost like spiritual choir thing like so it was just really dope me deciding to be able to like move forward or just feel concrete in my performances came from a place of like community support mm -hmm. like a ton of community support Gotcha. So I guess um, speaking about your new album, what was kind of the journey into like making this album? Um, and, like how was like the process making that? Uh, it was cool. Um, making motions. Um, I, I want to say it all kind of came from me constantly being all over the place. Mm -hmm. um, but that I feel like that's, you know, just kind of part of just being alive. Like you kind of just go through everything possible on you know just a spectrum of things to go through mm -hmm. um so it was literally just an everyday in the life of if I felt like I was able to be creative that evening I'll because like people send me beat packs and whoever's listening to this I will always say this I'm always open to receiving mm -hmm. beat packs um so like if I'm feeling creative I will go through uh, my beats and then I'm just like okay 
And then I, I just kind of go crazy. I freestyle. And then usually the next morning I'll come back to it and be like, oh, I love this. I love this. I'm going to keep this. And then I can kind of like work, like work around it. But uh, creating motions was just awesome everyday type stuff. Nice. What was that? I guess what do you take with some of your favorite tracks on the album? It's mine. <laughs> <laughs> it's mine. Um, I would say that I've definitely I've probably played Silver Lining the most. Mm -hmm. That song makes me happy. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't say it's my favorite because I really like I really like all 12 songs like mm -hmm. a lot. Um, but I would say I listen to Silver Lining the most. Uh, so, but I'm not going to say I, I don't have like. My favorite track. <laughs> right. They're all, they're all mine. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that like I make music when people are always like, what is your favorite song? It's like, uh, I mean, the each, I each, they're each the different occasions when I wrote them. So how I'm feeling, you know, might be like the song for the day, different song for the different day, you know. I, honestly, or it's just like, okay, I got 12 kids. Go ahead and pick your favorite. I'm not going <laughs> to pick. I'm not going to pick no favorite. Mm -hmm. Um one thing I really like about this album is like um it's like the perfect length. I feel like sometimes with like some albums it's like 2 hours, hour and a yeah. half. And, and it's yeah. just like, damn, man, like I, I can't watch a movie past 2 hours. So I can't <laughs> listen to an album past 2 hours. Either. I can't either. <laughs> Like, I really thought I was, like, kind of getting to about 40, 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. But when I finally got it into iTunes and saw it was, like, 33 minutes, I was like, bruh. Like, literally, I was like, bruh. Because I was trying to make it longer. Because, like, when I did Sim Girl, so many people had asked me, you know, like, for longer songs. And mm -hmm. I thought I did that. But apparently I didn't. But it's still <laughs> It just kind of is what it is. That is twelve. It's twelve of them. I did more than I would normally do. So, <laughs> one thing I really like was um, um, I like a lot of people have like certain collaborators they work with. Um, and I know Sway's kind of handles the majority of the production on this album. So, like, what is it like working with him and like working his beats? That I guess it's like kind of easy to collaborate with. You know, making songs with him. Like, I don't like. Okay, so like I know Sway's makes his beats from a very personal place, mm -hmm. and I also. No, like Swayze is very like not a conventional beat maker and I'm not a conventional writer. Mm -hmm. So like there's not necessarily like, okay, um, the beat is completely planned out. Here's where the hook's going to be. The verses go here, hook mm -hmm. here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it gives me free range. Cause like I said, most of the time I freestyle to start my creative process. Like mm -hmm. I can do whatever I want to on his beats. And like, it's always like an undertone of monotony that keeps me in a place that I can like keep going. Mm -hmm. So um, like we've always meshed very well. The sounds that he uses appeals to like literally my soul. So it's very easy for me to make music with mm -hmm. his music. Like it's, it's like butter. It's, it's like my second language. It's awesome. It's funny. He told me about the story of um, on the podcast we did. Uh, he, uh, how the beef it's a trap was a very personal beat and then you wrote yeah it and he was like it's like ah. he's like no i should give it to her because more people are gonna hear it if she uses it than if i use it right and i i kind of felt like super bad in the beginning mm -hmm. because like i'm 
I'm also kind of just like spoiled and I try not to you know be like that when it comes to people's like personal art because he put it out on SoundCloud mm-hmm. and I knew it was close to him and before I asked him for it because I had already worked on it before mm-hmm. I asked him for it I was kind of nervous I was just like <laughs> I might not get this and he agreed to give it to me and then like we kind of fell back on it a couple of times and and then I ended up I actually ended up recording It's a Trap on another one of his beats and he was like nah works on this one <laughs> like it's just not right it's just mm-hmm. not right we have to do it this way and you know with this more people will hear it so it just it just worked out but yeah I I appreciate how personal his beats are cuz they I feel like they end up holding their own soul which like we get to just mesh really well it Hmm. just brings brings out some good stuff out of me Hmm. is it uh is it kind of cool like when you play like the songs live like playing them with like a live band because a lot of them are based off beats and like taking Mm -hmm. live instrumentation like the different vibe of like how those songs like come to life in a way it is super different Mm-hmm. I want to say most people that end up playing with me probably hate me a little bit. Or <laughs> Play the beat <laughs> in in practices because, mm-hmm. like, I'm at at my detriment. I am kind of like a perfectionist when it comes to what I imagine and my expectations. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, this is just not right. Yeah, this is just not right. And they'll look at me like, "Are you sure that you're not right?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be like. Trust me, like, because my music is about a feel. So if I don't feel a certain type of way, it's just mm-hmm. not right. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, like, whenever we do get to that that particular point of create, like, recreating the sound, because it really is in the instrument player's hands, because I'm not, I can't tell you what the A, B, C, D, W is <laughs> on any of that stuff. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, like... I just be real thankful that the niggas that work with me be patient. <laughs> Don't like period. Cause like, I can never be like this exact thing is what's wrong. It's always mm. like, this doesn't feel magical right here. <laughs> and they're like, what the what's, fuck is that? What's magical? <laughs> he was playing the keys. I don't know what that means. Right. I, I don't feel like I'm sitting on a star on this part. <laughs> I, feel like I wrote the song. I felt like, you know, I was in a cloud right now. I feel like I'm on a not so comfy couch. Like, you know, like. <laughs> it was just like, how, how do I play a cloud? <laughs> what? Right. So, like, they, I feel like I probably, one of the best people to catch my vibe is Roscoe. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's played a couple of different, well, no, he goes by Gap Tooth now, but he's played a couple of different instruments for me. But if, there have been times he'll be like, do y'all see love vibing? If you don't see love vibing, <laughs> it ain't right. And I'll be like, he understands. <laughs> he understands. <laughs> but yeah, that's, yeah. Speaking of uh, vibing, uh, so the video for T came out. Like, how did you guys film that? Like, what was the concept behind making it? Um, I feel like I should have been ready for this question. Um, So... I, I kind of get ideas on the fly and mm-hmm. most people that I work with are lit- like legit my friends. Mm-hmm. So um, if I get like a spark of an idea, Courtney's mm-hmm. a very 
like he's an executioner he's going to be like oh okay you want to do this tomorrow like so like <laughs> so i get an inkling of an idea mm -hmm. and then like we just start throwing i like visual concepts back and forth at each other mm -hmm. until i'm like okay this is attainable this is attainable this is attainable and then like let's let's get it done um so that's how that kind of that process works with me and courtney uh but as far as uh like what we were doing we just really wanted to make a good video that made sense you know just something very very visually pleasing and i don't know if people have noticed yet uh but very black i yeah. like <laughs> i like i like to make us just look mm -hmm. amazing like awesome like in our in our glow in my glow you know what i'm saying like mm -hmm. yeah so that that's that's really the thing uh we got the whole concept of how we make the tea with the you know the fruits and stuff on the table people with the teacups and stuff and you know the whole um scene with me in the orange i felt like that was a real like goddess like type of you know vibe mm -hmm. so it all really really worked super well and courtney amazing so yeah that that's my answer <laughs> one thing i really i like about your music and i think it's really good about music in general recently is that there's a lot of i think vulnerability and relatability as far as like you know r&b music and stuff like that um you know as opposed to older music where because it was being written by other songwriters or because it had to appeal to a mass audience you can get really skin deep with the lyrics but i feel like your stuff is really relatable content wise so do you do you always want to like you know make content that is relatable that is personal to people that they can like kind of you know feel it and isn't just kind of skin deep well um i feel like it it's kind of inevitable because like if i'm writing my music and it's coming directly from whatever situation mm -hmm. that i'm going with i'm be human and i assume that anybody that um is attracted to my music can kind of just fall into that place as well it's not like and i'm just an everyday person and it's mm -hmm. not like i'm singing about being the richest bitch on the planet <laughs> i got shit that you ain't got mm -hmm. fuck you and all your hoes like i'm not you know i'm not doing any of that so it's just like it, it's kind of inevitable to mm. be um, relatable. So I'm not necessarily trying to be. It just kind of happens. Mm -hmm. Do you think that um, kind of being as more, I guess, would you kind of be one of the people at like the forefront of like the Birmingham like music scene? Like, what do you think is kind of special about the scene in general? About the scene in Birmingham? Mm -hmm. That community support. Um, I feel like everybody that I've like come into contact with has always been completely supportive and I try my best to support as well. Um, but that, that's the biggest thing. Like Birmingham is full, like, like extremely full of talent mm -hmm. and it's just, it's crazy. So like just to be amongst that amount of talent and constantly getting support from them and be able to being able to vibe with them is is dope mm -hmm. I was dope. talking to richard daniel and he was saying about because like someone like atlanta or like chicago is like really huge and there's like a huge music scene and so you know um you can pretty much make any music and people will kind of vibe with it but because birmingham's a smaller scene yeah you have to really be like good and they'll tell you if it's bad or not <laughs> oh oh they're not coming if they're they fucking with it they're uh -huh. not coming mm -hmm. 
they're not coming. Like, I've been doing this for some time now. I remember singing in front of, you know, one and two people, but they had rolled with me to the venue. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, like, it, it, it takes time to, like, build and stuff like that. But for the most part, it is very um, supportive. I will say being in Birmingham does kind of, like, help the idea of like, okay, if you are different or if you are very special at what you do, it's mm -hmm. easier to be seen. Mm -hmm. Cause you know what I'm saying? If everybody in, in one place or, you know, okay, all, you know, people from the South, you know, do music like this, but, or just say people from Birmingham do music like this, but here comes me doing music the way that I do music is like, Oh, okay. What's she doing? You know what I'm saying? Real fast versus like if I go to a bigger city where it's like, okay, there might be some more people similar to me or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like you, you know, it's harder to kind of find your, your, your footing, I guess. Hmm. Um, one, another thing I've never read too is that you opened up for her in 2018, right? I did. How that was, was that? Ex how was that experience opening up for like an artist like that? <laughs> that was great. Like, for one, I was like, when I saw she was coming, I was like, I want this. And then, <laughs> oh, like that ass, I was like, I want mm -hmm. this. And then the craziest thing was, I said, I want this. And then I got a call. Right? I was like, oh, I don't even have to like, I don't have to like, <laughs> right? I don't even have to like beg for this shit. This is awesome. Like, they really thought of me to do this. And mm -hmm. I'm like, Oh, okay, that's what's up. Uh, but the actual experience in itself was mind-blowing. I had never been on a stage that big. Mm -hmm. And, like, the speakers were like, oh, my God. In sound check, I literally almost started to cry. Because <laughs> as soon as I heard my voice, oh, it, like, it was so much that I was instantly overwhelmed. I yeah. was like, oh, shit. Mm -hmm. And then, like... When the actual show came about, just watching the people walk up, because I know, like, right before Soundcheck, they were like, we've already sold 1,200 tickets. And I was like, <laughs> please don't tell me that. <sighs> and they were like, that's not including the student body that can come for free. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> don't mess <sighs> up. Just get on the stage. Kill it. <laughs> <sighs> and I was like, these college kids, college kids could definitely be like, oh, what the fuck this whole up here talking about? <laughs> you know, real like real fast. Mm. But like I had I had people like visibly was like fucking with it. And I mm. came out with like a whole bunch of, you know, new followers and stuff like that. So it was a great experience. And then also just meeting her and she was just like super humble and was like fucking with my shit. So I was like, this is this is just great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was big. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another question I want to ask was about like, um, like how have like have you adapted to the everything that's happened with COVID and everything as far as like the music making process? You know, as far as you know, doing virtual shows and stuff like that. Okay, I know your I know your people can't see me, but I literally was just like, oh my god. Um, as far as like adapting to mm -hmm. COVID, um. It really took me a very long time 
to decide to do shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I am like a anxiety ridden crazy person. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm pretty sure I've developed an additional mental health condition from COVID. Mm-hmm. Cause like I'm so serious. Like I'm very timid, very scared, very, mm-hmm. very cautious. I'm still very super cautious. But it took me a while. It actually took me. This is going to sound really morbid. At one point, I was just like overthinking. And I was like, I'm finna fucking die. And then I was like, okay, if I'm finna die, I can't die without letting people hear this music. So I'm finna <laughs> let people hear this music. <laughs> so <laughs> it gave me a purpose. It gave me a, 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 a chance to get up and say, okay, I have a reason to get outside. I'm still be as careful as possible, but I'm going to execute everything that I can the best way I can. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, that was the the one and only way that I've found my footing through COVID was deciding to make my music, like to finish, like to finish it and to get it out there. Um, yeah. And as far as like virtual shows, I, you know, I've been, had, I had been sitting back and like watching everybody's like virtual shows and lives and stuff like that. And I was just like, I hate this. I fucking hate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did for one. I'm a I'm a stickler on quality mm-hmm. um, lives. I was just like, oh, these hoes don't sound good at all. Um, until I will say, until Basshead Jazz had one live show, and that was the best live show I had seen during the pandemic. And I was like, okay, if I can get you know an engineer to work it out like they did, it'd be awesome Mm -hmm. so that was the one time that i was just like oh okay this shit can work better Mm -hmm. and i'm like okay it can happen but i did my first live well virtual show the same week motions came out uh Mm -hmm. i did it on the 13th so i'm still not like tenured in trying to figure out how to do virtual shows or whatever but um It'll, I think it'll get better, but I don't have any um, any plans on currently um, doing shows in any venues or anything like that because I myself am still super apprehensive about COVID, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't and I just being the way I am for one, I wouldn't want to ask anybody to like put themselves in 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 that space, mm-hmm. and that's not a slight to anybody that does decide to go out or does decide to sing. Uh, in the public that's just kind of I'm still a pussy on that I'm I'm just not doing that right now <laughs> um is it okay that I just been like throwing out all of these 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 and rich last person podcast we were cursing like for an hour I was I think that most of the time it was just like me and him telling jokes <laughs> okay <laughs> like, yeah. um also another thing I want to ask is as far as like I feel like in music right now, I feel like the most interesting music is being made by women. Uh, oh, no, no disrespect to like any male artists, but I feel like at a certain point, like some of the topics and stuff are kind of vapid. Like, do you think there's just really like a big push and like, I guess not even resurgence, but just like a really just like strong moment for like, you know, women in music, like Beyonce, her, Leanne La Havis, people like that are just making just really good, just music. Good fucking music. Mm-hmm. And even like in rap. Mm-hmm. Like, like mm-hmm. on like even like just deeper levels like chica like 
Tiana, not uh, well, Tiana Taylor's great, but um, Tierra Whack, mm-hmm. like just on the like creative end, like of hip hop rap, women are really kind of standing out. And the fact that you just said that really was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's true. Because <laughs> when I think about like the top artists in the Billboard Hot 100, I believe they're all women, you know. And I think amazing. Yeah, and I think it's great because it's, it's really making like kind of pushing those experiences and those stories to the forefront instead of, you know, I'm not saying I don't hate male artists or like I don't want to hear from them, but part of me is like, bro, I'm kind of done. <laughs> like, I don't want like, so much you can say. I'm kind of like, ah, it's not that special. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> They're trying. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, uh, I feel like it's still uh, different layers mm-hmm. and people are trying to come to the forefront with different styles of music outside of, you know, what they feed us mainstream. Mm-hmm. And those artists are are really dope. So, you know, it'll come. And, you know, if you have the, the knack for catching that music, um, that's really fire that probably will never hit mainstream. Good mm-hmm. stuff. One question. I'm sure someone has asked this, but since you made the video for tea and you have a song called tea, I'm sure someone asked, do you have a favorite tea? A favorite tea? So for the most part, I will always, like I sang the lyrics. Those, that's really how I drink my tea, lemon, ginger, uh, honey. Uh, but most recently, I've I've gotten a ugly case of acid reflux. So I can't drink the lemon <laughs> tea like like I would like, mm-hmm. so I do. I drink ginger tea all the time, mm-hmm. so I would call that my favorite. Then, nice. Um, I guess one question I've asked around COVID is kind of the last question I want to ask is, what have you been listening to as far as music wise? Ooh, okay. In the past two weeks, is this girl named Benny? I don't know if it's Benay. It's mm. Benny. I think it's Benny. Uh, <laughs> but it's B-E-N-E-E. I don't know where she's from, but her music is low-key morbid, but it's like a happy vibe at the same mm-hmm. time. Man, I was in my living room yesterday just just running around singing in circles. So her, I like her. Um, who else have I listened to recently? I like Baby Rose. I like Kirby. Um... Who else have I listened to heavy? Um, I listen to a lot of music. Um, if I just need something to like get me through, I'm big on just turning on Frank Ocean. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this might, you know, polar opposites. If it's not Frank Ocean, it's Isaiah Rashad. Like them two on different occasions, they can get me through just about anything. Mm-hmm. Um Mm, I know later on I'm gonna be like, damn, I forgot to say this person. But yeah, I, I just I listen to music. I just fuck with good music. Nice. So I really want to thank you for coming to this podcast. Do you kind of know like as far as like music going forward, kind of stuff you wanna stuff you're kind of working on? Going forward, mm. I just put out an album called Motions. Mm. Um if if my track record shows I'm not due for another album or body of work for about two to three years. Um, but no, no, no. To be honest, like I do, I do kind of have ideas for a couple more EPs. I've, I have work that's not finished that needs to be finished. That's completely dope. But over time, I've always 
not wanting to like put my foot in my mouth. So I really don't put much expectation on shit until it's finished. Mm -hmm. So um, nothing's finished, but I definitely am constantly creating. Gotcha. So thank you a little more for being on the podcast. And I guess if everyone you can listen, listen to kind of where can they find your music? You can find my music anywhere, baby. Um, Love More is on all streaming platforms. And that's L-O-V-E space M-O-O-R. The new album is called Motions. If you're not into it, you're not in the vibe. Okay. <laughs> and that's on period. Pooh and all her cousins in them. <laughs> well, thank you for being part of this episode, Love More. <laughs> I'm so happy to. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You have a good one. You too. I want to thank Love More for being on today's podcast. If you like your music, you can listen to it on any streaming platform where you can listen to it. Her new album, Motions, is out right now. And also check out her new video for her song, T. You guys have a great one. I'll see you next time. <laughs>